Welcome to Chinuch 2.0, a show about the massive changes happening to how we do Chinuch, some of which may never be the same again. I know it's been a few weeks since we released the show, and I want to talk about the topic of seminary in Eretz Yisrael, which is right now in season. Many of the applications, the different seminaries have already been sent in, and the girls are anxiously awaiting till about March when they start getting the answers if they're accepted to the seminary that they want to go to so badly. So, Emir Tzashem, I want to do an episode shortly about all the responses that we got to our survey. When we did the headlines show, we requested anybody who went to seminary recently in Eretz Yisrael or had a daughter that went to Eretz Yisrael to respond to our seminary survey where we asked questions about the seminary experience. And we had some very, very enlightening answers um, so most of them were anonymous. Nobody, they, they didn't have to give you. They, no, nobody had to give their name, and uh, people shared their true feelings about seminary and if they uh, felt it was a worthwhile experience. So I do want to do a show, a solo show, which which is completely about that topic and go, going through the answers and analyzing them and sharing them with everyone because uh, a lot of it is very enlightening, and I hope that the seminaries will listen to it also and hopefully take the feedback and do something positive about it. So the headlines show that we did was very one-sided. Admittedly, it was very one-sided. And it it was my opinion and the opinion of the guests that were on the show that it's really not something that should be done as a a whole for the general public to send to seminary in Israel. It's very expensive. There's not, not really a good reason for it that we could understand. Seminary is primarily to train teachers, and that's not why girls are going anymore. And a lot, of, a lot of other reasons which we shared why not to go to seminary. And uh, we, 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 we got a fair amount of complaints that uh, we didn't feature anyone from the other side why that, that feel well, that seminary is a good thing to do, uh, going sending, sending girls to seminary in Eretz Yisrael. Obviously, the seminaries feel that way, and many others, many, many teachers of high schools in America and Chutzlars feel that it's an important thing to send to seminary in Eretz Yisrael. So we did want to feature the other side of the coin and, and uh, the people that believe that it is an important thing to do. So with that in mind, I had a recorded a while back a very fine conversation with Reb Shimon Kurland, who runs the Darche Bina Seminary in Yerushalayim and has been doing so for, tw- this is the 26th year. And we had a very, very pleasant, nice conversation uh, which we're going to share with you soon. His seminary, the Darchebina Seminary, was one of only two seminaries that stayed open the whole 2020, throughout the corona, the, the, whole, the whole corona pandemic. They stayed open, and they did it in a safe way. You're gonna, uh, you'll, you'll hear in the conversation. Um, and uh, he, it seems like he, the, the Darchebina is running a very good operation, Darchebina Seminary. And as you'll hear, he'll explain to you what the goal of the Archivina Seminary is, and wh- what kind of girl uh, benefits from it. So we, in the conversation, you'll hear we'll discuss about the, the very high cost of running a seminary, why it's so costly, 
And also, very important, how parents could actually do a lot to bring down the high cost of seminary. The, 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 the official tuition, if you look on the application, is about averages around $27,000. Some are more, some are a little less, uh, but, uh, it, which is obviously a lot of money for one year in Eretz Yisrael, very costly. Uh, but the, the, in our conversation, you're going to hear that there's a lot parents can do to bring down that cost. So that's a, it's very uh, it's a very practical conversation, and, and you could listen to it and hear uh, hear his advice. Um, so what I took out of this conversation is that it's wrong to make a broad generalization about seminary. You have to be very nuanced and very very specific. That seminary is not for everyone, but there are girls that do benefit from it. And also, even more importantly, it's very very important to choose the right seminary for your daughter. Parents have to be very, very careful when they choose the seminary, and it should, should not be safe to assume that just because your daughter's friends are all going to one seminary, that that's a good place to send to. Unfortunately, some of the seminaries in Eretz Yisrael are really operating primarily as a business, making a lot of money on it, and they don't necessarily have your daughter's spiritual growth in mind. So you really have to ask yourself, what is the real reason for sending your daughter? Is it truly for her spiritual growth? Or maybe it's some other reason. Social pressure, friends, you worried about Shaduchim. So I hope this conversation with Rabbi Kurland enlightens parents what the real purpose of a year in Eretz Yisrael should be about and that it helps you choose the right seminary should you feel that your daughter would benefit from going. So before we go to the conversation, I just want to request that if someone wants to have a positive conversation about this topic and to share it with the audience, please reach out to me. Hopefully we'll do a headlines show on this topic coming up very soon. Uh, just use the contact information on the website, chinuchshow.com. So without further ado, let's go to the conversation with Rabbi Kurland. We're speaking with Reb Shimon Kurland. He's the Menahel of the Darche Bina Seminary in Yerushalayim which is starting its 26th year now. Welcome, Rabbi Kurland. Thank you very much. It's a so, pleasure to uh, be here. Yeah, so what a year to be running a seminary this year and last year. <laughs> I probably never thought that uh, in your career of <laughs> running a seminary, you would have to deal with a situation like this. This has been probably one of the greatest challenges we've ever faced, although we've had some exciting times because Eretz Yisrael has had its uh, exciting and not necessarily uh, good moments uh, during the years where we have been open with uh, bombs raining down around us and the threat of that and terrorist attacks. This is a, a totally different type of a challenge that we are facing. Yes, definitely so. So uh, before, so we, we, we want to talk more about that later, but uh, first, let, let's just discuss the actual concept of seminary. Uh, and if you, if you could share with us what you feel is the purpose of seminary experience in Eretz Yisrael, what you're trying to accomplish, and is it really vital in helping a girl develop into a true Bas Yisrael? So I need to preface all of this by saying that uh, for many of your listeners, this is the insight into the seminary world. Um, but the seminary world is not a monolithic unit. There are many, many seminaries and many people sent to different places and mostly because I think uh, they serve different niches of 
uh, interest of what each girl needs for her own personal development. So I can speak mostly and almost only for what Darchevina does, but I can give, I think that there is, of course, a Chuta uh, Mishulash that connects all the institutions. I just want the listeners to bear in mind that every place is an individual uh, unit. So for us, the students that come to us are hopefully going to be able to develop as a Bas Yisrael with a particular understanding of seeing all of the Torah through a prism of, a, of Israeli society, of Haredi Israeli society, which is where our girls are really getting their um, education from in the sense of their faculty that they interact with, their mechanchot and their rebbeim, and even the places they go to for Shabbos, of course, that's a non-existent concept um, this year. Uh, all the Shabbosim are in, but our Shabbosim in have been bringing faculty members in and the girls experiencing what it's like to live in Eretz Yisrael. And that has given... Um, our students over the years, a tremendous um, uh, sense of um, growth and something that is really something that maybe is lost, and that is idealism. Um, sometimes people see that as starry-eyed. I always tell the girls that you'll come back to Chutzlaretz and someone will say to you, okay, now put your feet back on the ground. You're back, you know, in the real world. And I don't like that terminology because our world is a real world. It's a world that's based and focused on Torah. And that is something that the girls see when they come to Eretz Yisrael. And that is something that is unusual. I'm not saying it's not something that you can't find in other communities, of course, but the focus of the entire year is a concentrated one. I have students who will you know, make meetings with different uh, teachers and I sit um, with students who come to me and I, I'm so impressed by the questions that girls will ask me after having been in Eretz Yisrael for a while um, because they've had deep impressions of their um, experience of learning and what they've seen. And a lot of girls who maybe don't come, I would say that our population is more of a Balabatim type of a you know, um, audience um, that the girls who have parents who are working and who are and a lot of these girls become really convinced that they would like to have a life that's even more uh, um, permeated by Torah than just punctuated by Torah. Um, and how can they um, assure that they will live the kind of life that they have been hearing about their whole lives, but now they see that it's something they really want to aspire to. Okay, so 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 if you don't mind explaining in a little bit more detail, what is it in in the in the year of seminary that they that they actually grow, and in what particular way do you see that growth happening, and how does the seminary bring out that growth? Well, you know, there's also a very practical level, and that is the being away from home which forces these girls to create a certain sense of independence and uh, the ability to make everyday decisions and to also the idea, and this is a lot more than just a camp experience of living in a dormitory and being with other girls and learning how to interact on a long-term basis. And that's a very strong um, aspect of the development 
and the appreciation, even the going away when when it happened, and Mitzvah that it should happen again, that the society should open up and that people should feel safe to uh, be able to to meet with each other. But in in those situations, the the girls um, really um, see and learn so much from other people. Um, very often when we tell them if they're going away, you know, our, our seminaries open every Shabbos and uh, we want the girls, we always tell them that uh, when, when they were able, they came to our home or to the invites home. Uh, we said, we don't want you to give you just a Shabbos. We want to give you a Shabbos tish. We want to give you the experience. But when girls say they're going away, we tell them pick something that you see that's beautiful in another home and try to see if that's something you could inculcate and bring back Hashem, when you create your own home. Uh, the the just the, they see that there's a lot of you know the people who are teaching in the schools are be, people who are totally dedicated to learning Torah all the time who have whose children are dedicated to it so there it's not maybe this you know something that everyone can aspire to do on their own but seeing it is also beneficial even if it's not something that you are at the end of the day going to marry Kolo um, but the people they're seeing didn't just learn for a few years these are people who came to Eretz Yisrael and stayed in learning and whose families dedicated themselves to making sure that that would be the ideal in their home so this is really something that on a concentrated level has a tremendous impact. And also Herod's Yisrael, I don't want to belittle this fact. It's not like it's only another location. Um, it is Herod's Yisrael, and Herod's Yisrael is a special. Um, so it's just to sum up what you're saying in brief is, is, is that the primary growth that a girl will get from her year in seminary is the fact that she's interacting with the people who live in Eretz Yisrael and the lifestyle that they choose while living there and their experience of being in Eretz Yisrael. Absolutely. Of course, the caliber of the learning is something that I seem to have overlooked because I take it for granted that the shiurim that they're involved in and that the learning process is uplifting and all day it's not something that's intermingled with secular studies and 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 also the removal from the secular culture to a large extent although israel has a secular culture i really our students are not exposed to it as much and part of our of our goal is of course to create that ability to um, detach from what may have been more of uh, uh, an American or Chutzlaharetz experience that they had and bring them more into a, um, living their lives in a very totally Jewish way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, th- th- this leads into a question that uh, a lot of people that, uh, raised. We, 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 on uh, in our previous show, we requested that girls who went to seminary should fill out a survey, and we got a lot of responses. And although many, many girls did write that write back that they appreciated very much the learning that took place in seminary and the classes that were offered, there was a sizable percentage, almost a third of the girls wrote back that they weren't necessarily in seminary for the classes and that the classes were not really uh, that, that so any, anything that remarkable that they felt was worth it. Um, how do you how do you feel as, as as a person who runs a seminary and operates a seminary for all these years? What do you feel about that? What's your thought process that goes into choosing what's taught in seminary and how it's taught? Well, I, I have to say that I don't know. Filled out your survey. Um, I know that the probably the number one attraction for um, students who come to Darchebina 
is really the classes and more particularly the faculty that we have. We have a very distinguished faculty that's very well known. We have uh, teachers like Mrs. Shira Smiles, Rabbi Menachem Nissel. Um, we have a, a really uh, well-known group of people who also are in quite in demand in um, other communities to be their guest speakers. And so the caliber and level of the shirm is really something that is a real big draw for our girls. And um, we um, are actually now experiencing um, an interesting request from our alumni um, that they would like us now with the advent of Zoom and this whole new um, experience um, that they would like to reconnect and have the shirm from their teachers, even though there's so much available today, um, but they really feel that connection. Mm -hmm. So I, I can only relate from our experience. I can tell you that one of the things that the, the girls do tell me is that when they go to seminary, because they have access to Rebbeim and Mechanchos that they don't have so easily when they're home. I mean, in other words, the Shul Rav is not as accessible to a young lady as it is to a Bachar or to the parents, um, even if there is the willingness, but there isn't always the sense from the girl's perspective that she can connect on that level. Whereas in seminary, it's a more natural thing to even ask for a meeting, to have a request to sit down and discuss an union with the teacher. And that has created a, a you know, a connection that um, also makes the, the sheer more alive for them. That's our experience. Mm -hmm. So you're saying it's really much, it's re it really depends on the particular seminary and who, who they choose to hire as their teachers and selecting those teachers. Absolutely. Every, every school uh, is, you know, really uh, trying very hard um, to bring the best that they can. But it has always been, you know, the, our, our goal to give the girls the very best that they could possibly get in Israel. And we, um, you know, definitely feel that, that they are getting that. Okay, so so some of the girls wrote back that, uh, and and this we've heard also from interviews that we've done, or not 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 recorded interviews, but interviews that we've done with uh, uh, with girls who went to seminary, and they wrote that some so, some of the lessons that are taught in seminary are not very they're not very relevant or practical in in terms of dealing with everyday life. Some of them are like on mefarshim on Tanakh, which don't really come into into everyday uh, Jewish life. Um, and, and they felt that the seminary could have done a better job of choosing subjects that they connect more with and they feel are more practical. What, what, what is your approach in Darchibina about which subjects to teach and what is taught in seminary? That's uh, an interesting question. And again, I think every teacher um, realizes that the lesson, the sheer, whatever safer they're using has to be relevant to the student they're speaking to. Some material, um, the, you know, Nevoa Ladaros is a different type of an expression to a student that has to, and we have to show them what that lesson is that the Sfarim are teaching us on a more basic, you know, in textual level of what, um, it could be learning the Rishonim or what, uh, but then, there are sfarm that are muster sfarm that speak more clearly to students. I teach a, a class to our Shana Bet students um, of Chavos Talmidim of the Piasetz Nereva. That's a safer that uh, 
begs you to talk to the student about what life is and how to develop and, and grow. Uh, so there are always going to be different topics, uh, the, the powers that the, that the teacher brings. You know, you have a teacher teaching Kuzari. It's going to lend itself to a different type of story of expressing how, uh, you know, to communicate to other Jews in, in Kirov and to Eretz Yisrael, and then learning a, you know, class in Ramban that's talking about the Yisotis of, 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 of Hashkafa, of, of Klai Yisrael, but that has to be, uh, the student has to be helped to see that beauty. Uh, it's, uh, you know, so if a student didn't, uh, didn't, the class didn't speak to them, it probably has to do with number one with the student where they leveled and matched properly. Um, and was the teacher successful or not? So, you know, every school also, certain schools focus more on hashkafic level. Some schools are clearly more marked towards a more uh, a cerebral, maybe a more academic, higher level, because the girls really would not um, appreciate only a hashkafic level because they have the abilities, Leon Hara, to appreciate a deeper understanding. So that's where you're going to also find that in the different seminaries that exist, that they cater to different types of students. Um, and that's also the beauty of Eretz Yisrael, that a person can say to themselves after, you know, their experience in, in, in high school, you know, this was more my team for me. This is what helped me grow. I think I'd like to focus more um, instead of what I did in high school. Uh, Seminary X deals more machshava or a girl who found the textual learning and connecting on a more uh, direct level as something that was, you know, spoke more clearly to her, I want to go somewhere where I can delve in more and I can see more. So each person um, will choose what is, uh, you know, speaks to them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, so it's important that the parents should know and the girls should know when they're choosing a seminary that they shouldn't just choose a seminary based on how good the food is, but also on the types of classes being offered. That's for sure. I mean, of course, seminary is driven by the girls who are social beings wanting to go where friends go. And that's always going to be, you know, part of what the high school seminary advisor is going to help assist is to make sure that they pick what's right for them and not just go where the crowd is going, because that may not be um, the right choice for them on many levels. And sometimes uh, it's also Kadai to open up to a, a greater uh, sense of opening up with being with new people. I'll have girls who will say, oh, I'm, I, you know, you didn't put me in, in proximity of, of where my Dira is to my friends. And then I'll have a different girl say to me, I don't want to be with anyone from my high school. I want to make new friends. Mm -hmm. um, and that is uh, also an important thing. As a teenager, the ability to, you know, be brave enough to make a choice of of finding themselves and trying to separate a little bit. You know, the, sometimes I feel that the definition of a teenager is I want to be independent as they're looking over their shoulder to see what everyone else is doing. So you have <laughs> to fight that uh, urge. Right. Okay. Just want, wanted to want to ask a question from the from the responses that we got in our survey. Most girls wrote that almost 90% of the girls in their class, in their high school class, went to seminary in Eretz Yisrael. Do you feel that seminary is for everyone, every single girl 
if if she's able to should go to seminary is there anyone who should not go to seminary in Eretz Yisrael well I'm sure that there are people who should not go first of all someone has to be um, interested in going it can't be that they're just going past the time to spend the year uh, to just have an experience I think that's kind of a chaval. Um, so uh, if, if it's really not something that you feel necessary in that sense, then, you know, it may not be for you. Uh, sometimes the high schools will be very strong in pushing uh, a student who doesn't feel the need to go because they're worried that they don't feel that need to go because maybe they're also lacking the spiritual longing that they'd like to see in them. And then maybe or they're hoping that there is a yet unignited spark and they would like them to go. And there are places that cater to students like that as well. So just saying, I have to be careful, just saying someone's not interested doesn't mean they shouldn't go because we want to make sure that the reason for their lack of interest isn't because uh, of a lack of excitement in their Yiddishkeit, because there are places that cater to students to create that um, spark that may not yet be there or that it's dormant. Um, uh, of course, uh, if you can't afford to go to seminary, which I'm sure we're going to touch upon, that's something that everybody would say, do not put yourself or your family in a position where they will be um, put into financial distress. No one wants to do that. Although I could say that I know of many ways that someone who might think they cannot afford to go to seminary can go to seminary. Um, so having said that, um, certainly that is a consideration. Um, I feel many, many girls can definitely benefit from a year in Eretz Yisrael, but it really will always depend on how much you want to take out of your year in Eretz Yisrael. But even if you're, you know, not, you know, cool idealistic and you want to go for the the camaraderie, you know, the Dibokhaverim and the experience of seeing Eretz Yisrael, uh, you know, a girl will anyway experience a tremendous amount of spiritual growth by being in Eretz Yisrael, um, assuming that she went to a place that was appropriate for her. Okay, so yeah, so let's uh, let's go over to the, the discussion about the cost of attending seminary. Uh, again, from our survey, the average of of the girls who who, who went to Eretz Yisrael spent around twenty five. It cost them about twenty five thousand dollars to go. It cost the families, which is a lot of money for most people, and uh, and 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 a lot of people feel that seminaries are overpriced. They're very expensive. They don't need to charge so much. They could really charge much less. And they feel like it's a little bit not fair that parents are forced to pay that kind of money for something which is really, at this point, almost obligatory if 95% uh, of the class is going. So running, you as someone who's been running a seminary for so many years, I'm sure you have something that you want to, a response that you want to just explain to people why seminary costs so much and how it could be affordable for someone who's, who that, that, that kind of price is really out of their league. Sure. Um, I want to say that I, I listened to your previous show, um, which was what brought me uh, to you. And um, I was uh, disturbed, I should say. And again, I'm speaking for, my, uh, for myself and I'm not speaking for any other seminary. Um, but uh, there were um, the word exorbitant was used a lot in the expression of uh, how much seminary costs, um, 
versus uh, maybe a less pejorative term like expensive. Um, uh, and, and for me, the difference, of course, is exorbitant certainly implies that you're being taken advantage of, that there's an overcharging going on over here. I was surprised to hear Rabbi first um, say that someone uh, told him that the cost of to the seminary was only $8,000 per student. And um, I was um, very saddened to hear such a comment because it's so far from the truth. And it is something that I'm not going to just say that to you. I'm going to give you a verifiable way and let people peek into the inside where everybody is, you know, this is a hot conversation always about, you know, what does it cost and how much money is everyone making? So it's not really a secret. Um, I don't know who the Balabasar I first spoke to, but the, I really feel that uh, all of the seminaries um, were really unfairly um, put in a position of as being made to look as if we are in our hands in the parents' pockets, you know, taking away their money, uh, when in fact, uh, the cost of going to seminary is much more. Um, it's a public record in Israel. Um, an amuta, a nonprofit organization, to get that status as a nonprofit, has to file for what's called Nihul Takin, and the records are found on the internet um, if you know where to look. But it's a public filing, and it's definitely something you could request. I asked our accountant to go back to a normal year, um, meaning not last year, or certainly we haven't filed yet for this year, um, but we went back to 2018 where we had, um, uh, you know, a normal enrollment of students. We spent that year 7,400,000 shekel. Um, that did not include the U.S. office and recruitment expenses that we incur. And I would say that approximately the break-even cost for the students was then based on that amount of money, somewhere around $19,000 for per student. And then everyone's taking out their calculators to figure out, I mean, our tuition then was $23,000. But um, the fact is, is that it's not that much money. And every year you have these unexpected expenses. We had um, actually that year, uh, a issue of pensions that came up that the accountant 10 years earlier had missed making payments and that there was almost a 300,000 shekel um, debt owed, which had to come out of the current budget, you know. So when you have to have a surplus to be able to deal with that or a broken air conditioner or, or, or you know, the uh, change in the rate of a shekel to the dollar, which is something that not everyone is used to in converting currencies and watching the fluctuation and paying your salaries and at what level and things like that. So having said that, you need to understand that um, when you say uh, exorbitant, I'm saying that you're really getting pretty much fair value. Now, again, Dr. Bina does different things. Uh, it used to be before Corona that every student that came to Dr. Bina went with us for a week to Poland and it was included in your tuition. It was something that I think most schools don't do, but they may have 
use the money they had in their tuition to more trips in Israel, more food. I'm not sure. And it would be something that a parent should investigate if they want, because we decided that it was important. I felt it was important. I'm a child of Holocaust survivors. And for me, it was a a very important trip that I had taken in the past. And I didn't want it to be something that the richer children could come with and the poor could not. And so we decided we would take everyone. Uh, we did it all the way back to the Siam Ashas back in, I guess, whatever it was, 2007. We made a Siam Ashas in 2005, maybe, in, in Lublin because it fell out the same time, like day back to back of the Yortzer of Ravelimel Chavzhensk. And then we had the um, Siam Ashas. And a few days later, we had the 75th Yortzer of Sarashneir. So the trifecta for us ended up taking the whole school. And we said this was so amazing that we decided to do it every single year. Um, uh, having said that, I feel that we're giving value and value is a good thing, but if you can't afford uh, that much money, and I certainly could understand not being able to afford that much money, then of course you wouldn't be able to do it. But I could give you some insights and tell you that at the end of the day, you might be able, if you want to go to seminary and you're deciding whether to go to Brooklyn or Lakewood or Air to Stroll, I might say to you that depending on how much money you have and maybe actually how much, how, how a little money you have, you might have a better chance of going for equal or lower amount of, of money because uh, many programs have associations with uh, university programs that allow students to get a year of college credit. But that what more importantly does, whether or not you're planning on going on to university afterwards, is that it allows you to apply for government funding um, through a FAFSA application for, let's say, a Pell Grant or state aid, depending on whatever state you're in. Um, There might be additional funding. Um, Many seminaries, ours definitely is part of what is called MASA, which is a program that the State of Israel, through the Sochnut, the Jewish Agency, um, has created a sponsorship of uh, students and giving scholarships, although it's been somewhat lessened in the last year or so, but that may hopefully go back to a more fuller payment. But a student who um, can show you know, a large need to get up to $3,000 and a student who for Pell could get around $5,000. i am not giving you the exact numbers. I don't deal with the finances, but um, there's significant monies there that are available. And there's also each school, I know we definitely um, give scholarships to students based on need beyond what students are getting so that there will be students that will definitely be coming way below our our, uh, break-even number um, based on the fact that other students will pay full tuition like any high school would do as well to make sure that uh, the seminary is successful. We try very hard that if a student applies and is accepted and wants to come to figure out with the high school how we can make it affordable. And almost always that student comes. So I feel that Chaval, uh, not to go to Eretz Yisrael if you want to, and to say to yourself, I don't think I can afford it because you may be surprised that you should certainly look into it because there are many, many paths to going to Eretz Yisrael. And I think that the costs, especially if you compare them uh, to the seminaries that I've looked at um, in the States, I think that um, it's really not so much more money because you have to understand that people are 
paying, um, sleeping in a dormitory and the rents are extremely high in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, the electricity is much more money than in, in Chutzlaret and water is like gold in Eretz Yisrael and they charge like that. So, and we take girls on trips and we feed them. And so the comparison then, if you look at someone who's staying at home going half day or someone who goes full day, but maybe not living, or even if you're living, but you know, the, the point when you start doing the price comparison, I don't think you'll find that there's such a great discrepancy, which then will show you that it's actually a quite good value to go to Eretz Yisrael. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're kind of running out of time. I do want to get to your, your, your experience of keeping the Archibina open last year during Corona while, while other seminaries were, had to close and teach the girls over the phone, which uh, a lot of the girls in our survey wrote was very not, 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 not ideal, as you can imagine. So you chose to stay open. And if you could just talk a few minutes about how that experience went, why you decided to stay open, and, uh, and, 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 and what, how the girls felt after going through the experience. Were they traumatized? Was it a good experience overall for them? But it, the experience, I mean, it just hit us like pretty much it was Purim and Corona came together and no one realized the extent of it. And of course, that caused a lot of people um, to get sick at that time. But um, it came to a, a head when some of the seminaries felt that they would not be capable of staying open and announced that their doors would be closing and they were organizing a group flight. And the students came to me and I said, I missed the memo um, about having to leave. I said, unless uh, someone in the government tells me that we have to close. Um, and we are also, as I said, we're part of Masa and they are um, really dictate to us if we can stay open or not. They told us that we could stay open. So we, I told the students, I said, as far as I'm concerned, we are open and we are not closing. And if you want to stay, we will be here for you and we will do whatever we can. And we will create to the best of our ability, a safe environment for you. And um, because of that, most of our girls didn't leave when the other girls left, even up until Rosh Chodesh Nisan, I think we had close to 60 students still um, that stayed in Eretz Yisrael. Um, our students we're fortunate in that sense because even though Al Al cut back on their scheduled flights, but there were a lot of unscheduled flights that took off. And most of our students were able to take their tickets that they had and not have to buy a new ticket. And they were able to go home uh, whenever they wanted to, including those who stayed all the way through June, which I was very happy because it really saved the families a lot of money. At the end of the day, um, there were 31 students that stayed all the way through until the end of the year. And that was, you know, you would think that you can't go anywhere. You can't go in for shoppers. You have to stay in. Initially, we were teaching the girls on Zoom because we weren't even allowed to go in until everybody figured out what to do. And then slowly things opened up and uh, we came into the dorm and uh, Pesach, this, you know, came upon us and we realized we had to kosher and clean for Pesach and we had to buy new ovens and the cook had to be hired to, you know, you know, cook for them. And what turned out, which should have been maybe a, a financial and a logistical nightmare, turned out to be probably the most spiritually uplifting year 
that um, I've ever experienced with my students. Um, the girls who came and the girls who stayed all said to me that they can't, they couldn't imagine how incredible this period of time was because this is all they had and they had each other. And girls who were maybe, I would say, not uh, superstars ended up because of this environment, just being so pulled in every Shabbos with going over the Parsha because that was what the girls were doing as Kumsitzes and Zmiros and, and, and just coming in and having the faculty on a small level and being in, having the attention. Most of those girls came back Shana Bet, which is, we have, we have a very large Shana Bet that we have 47 girls that came back this year. So it was, Really, I, I've never seen such a transformation uh, on the girls. The 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 experience of of seeing uh, this pandemic, you know, really uh, take everyone and 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 throw them around and about made everybody appreciate every minute that they were near to Israel even more because they knew that they had such a great opportunity that they hadn't left. And of course, our girls felt terrible. The ones who left or because their parents wanted to and wanted them to, which I totally understand, um, and uh, whether they were afraid. But at the end, those girls wished that they had stayed. So before we go, just share a little bit of, of how this year is shaping out to be, how, how they're experiencing the second year of Corona in Eretz Yisrael. Well, we, you know, it's a miracle. The schools uh, all thought, like, who, how are we going to open? Who's going to let us come in? The government of Israel is still not letting tourists into Eretz Yisrael. And then with so much Siata Dishmaya and so much um, help from uh, different, uh, you know, uh, um, people who were involved in Askanas in letting us in, it was really a, a gift. And as soon as they gave us the gift, we said, we're coming. So we, we came August 27th. We didn't wait. There were some schools that waited in Baruch Hashem. They, they came in, although they came in a little bit later, I think, than they um, um, had anticipated because there was a segue, there was a closure. Um, we spoke to all the girls and the families and said, if you are nervous about coming um, and you are worried about being kept in because you won't be able to see family because girls can't even see, you know, brothers and sisters. And, and even when parents have made Aliyah in the middle, we've had not, not been allowed to let girls to go away for Shabbos uh, because we are, we're told that that was part of it, that we, they cannot leave. So we made sure that they knew what they were getting into. Having said that, it's still not easy because you can talk about, yes, I want, I want, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, the, your Dalit Amos, which is more than just the dorm, it's a little bit of walking around. Every, although every group has what's known as a different mitzvah, a different outline of how they are being kept in. So if you're doing something like mitzvah Hebron, you're closed in, you can't leave, you can only go together. Um, it's, you know, really sealed off. And then there's other types of examples, which we're doing with different, uh, as they call it, kapsulot, you know, of groups of up to 50, and they're separated in different uh, buildings, and they don't mix, and they don't go together in class, or they're separated by by plastic, all of these things, plus the wearing of masks and um, an air to stroll. Um, it's 
really mikubal that you have to wear your masks outdoors, indoors, if you're near people who are not part of your inner circle, your family, so to speak. Um, for the girls, their capsules, their family, so there they don't have to wear masks, but the interaction between teachers, you know, I had to tell the girls, I said, your teachers are your lifeline to Torah and to eternal life. And they're also poisoned. Stay away from them because they have children. They interact with the outside society. You must not get close to them. You must wear your mask when you're near them. And we, Bli and Hara, so far have not been um, affected. No one's gotten sick, Bli and Hara, although it is um, very hard to protect in this situation. But um, last year also, Bli and Hara, no one got sick. Um, which is a tremendous amount of siyata deshmaya, um, that I know for sure. Um, um, and, um, having said all that, the girls are very appreciative. They know that if they would be back here in, in, whether it's in the United States or Canada or certainly in, in Europe and Great Britain, um, you know, the corona has obviously reared its head in a, in a very ugly way, um, now everywhere. And the girls know they'd probably be home and back in their rooms, back on, you know, distance learning. And that was not appreciated. And I have my own children in Eretz Yisrael. I have a daughter who's in 10th grade and she's like, Abba, I'm losing. I've lost the end of my ninth grade and I still don't have my 10th grade. The, the kids have not gone to school. So the girls who are in seminary tr appreciate tremendously the, the fact that they are able to have that. But having said it all, it's difficult. We need to take them on to more. We need to go away for Shabbat. And we are trying. We are, we, you know, just, just allowing them to walk to the coastal has become the, the entertainment of the week, the highlight of the week. We're actually planning on taking the girls to Osherad this week before the store opens. We arrange with the store. Uh, for those who are not familiar, it's a very discounted type of place, which actually sells a lot of products from, from Costco and things like that in America. And we are taking them like at 7.30 in the morning uh, before the store opens up to go shopping. And that's considered a big deal. So we're having our challenges. Mm -hmm. But uh, the girls are, you know, we had a tremendous Yummy Yun last week. We had, you know, uh, Rav Gav Friedman come and we had other heads of, you know, Chesed organizations to speak to the girls about Ben Alma Javero. So they're having a tremendous you know, an uplifting experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Hashem should continue giving us Yad Hashemayish, be able to c continue th through the rest of the year. And I appreciate, Rebecca Kurland, that you came on the show to clear up a lot of the misconceptions people might have about seminary and, uh, and, and, and giving your perspective on things. Thank you very much for the opportunity. You've been listening to Chinuch 2.0 a show exploring the changes happening to how we do Chinuch. Chinuch 2.0 is hosted and produced by me, Aaron Parnas. You can subscribe to the show on Apple or Google Podcasts or on our website, chinuchshow.com. For suggestions, comments, or guest ideas, please visit chinuchshow.com. Thanks for listening.